Hello, this is Brother Jim Ellis. I want to talk to you for a few minutes in this lesson about decisions and choices. When we take into consideration all the many tens of thousands of choices and decisions a person is called upon to make in a lifetime, there is truly only one of two decisions or choices one must make. From that choice or one of those choices will come all the remaining choices in life. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 6 says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of the world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. That word naught in the King James Bible is spelled N-O-U-G-H-T. I will explain its meaning in just a few moments. The verse 7 says, But we speak the wisdom of God, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Many women, in reality, only have one or two major decisions to make in life. Will we accept and follow the wisdom of God, or will we accept and pattern ourselves after the wisdom of the world? Let me explain. The wisdom of God, as it has been given to us in the Bible, is a distinct and specific body or content of revealed truth. That revealed truth concerns God, it concerns man, it concerns eternity, and as well as our life and living one's life in this body of flesh. God has given us his wisdom in an inspired book, the Bible. The wisdom of God is that content of truth that we could not otherwise know or understand, except God has revealed it to us in his inspired word. There's just no other true source on this earth where we can go to know the vital, the vital matters we need to know and understand about ourselves, the one true and living God, eternity, life, living life, redemption, and so forth. Who are we? Why are we here? Why do we do the things we do? What is life all about? What is the meaning of life? Is there truly any meaning and purpose in life? Or is all of this just a freak accident? All the answers to these and much, much more are all revealed to us in God's revealed Bible. It cannot and will not be found in the wisdom and knowledge and learning of mankind. The key to knowing ourselves is not within us as it is taught in the wisdom of man. The key or truth to knowing us, our eternal fate, is not within ourselves, but is inside his book of eternal wisdom, the Bible. A pagan philosopher advises his followers to know thyself by and through thyself. Now that sounds good to the cardinal mind, but it is not truly possible. The truth about us does not lie within ourselves, and our eternal destiny, destiny only resides in the revealed truth and wisdom of God. I once asked a person who had accepted the false evolutionary wisdom of the world, do you really believe that all you are in your person, essence, and being is a freak, a freak and maybe compiled remnant of leftover stardust, as the evolutionists say, is that all you are? And when you die, 
you simply cease to exist? When you experience the joys of life like holding your newborn son or daughter or grandchild or you find yourself thinking thoughts and experiencing feelings, do you really believe that all you are is an accident? Do you not realize that you are far more than just a temporary accident of nature? There's more to you than just being a biological mass of flesh and blood and electrical impulses. Imagine the kind of faith that requires to believe that all we know to exist just evolved by freak accidents. Consider all the billions and billions and even trillions of sequenced and series of events that had to take place in an exact chain reaction and process to produce us, let alone all that's out there in the universe. If one freak accident did not fall in line with the previous accidents of sequent events, if just one link was left out of the chain reaction of trillions and trillions of the chain reactions of evolution, nothing would be or exist as it is today. Trillions and trillions of times over the last billions of years, time after time, if the evolutionary process is true, those things would have had to evolve just exactly right for us to be alive right now. If one link was left out of the chain process of evolution, you would not now exist to be able to listen to this message. We are supposed to believe by blind faith that all of that which is now in existence just fell into place by sheer accident. My friend, that takes more faith than I think any right-thinking person can conjure up. The evolutionists say it took 10 billion plus years for us to evolve, and we are just supposed to say, uh, oh yeah, that makes sense. After all, everybody knows a lot of things can happen in 10 billion years. Sure, it, it was just an accident. Piece by piece, step by step, slowly the gears of evolution turned, grind and spun, and out came us. But there was no purpose or design. It was all one giant accident, a process of trillions and trillions of series of accidents that we live and breathe and have our being. Some say, well, Mother Nature did it. Well, who and what in this world is Brother Nature? Where does she live? How did she become so powerful that she could design and bring into being all that we know to exist? Where did she come from? How did she obtain her consciousness, which enabled her to oversee the process of evolution? They claim, well, Mother Nature. The truth is, the evolutionists simply took the glory of God and gave it to a mystical being they named Mother Nature. Okay, I've been to school. I know that that term, Mother Nature, is a metaphor, simile, for what they call the process of evolution. They had to give it a facade, a personal face of respectability in order to pawn it off as acceptable, so they named their convoluted notions of impossible accidents Mother Nature. And they 
reason, if the average person can ascribe the evolutionary process to a personal being, then they can begin to accept the design of creation as being about someone else other than a person or a personal God. Even if it were true, evolution would not be a process. It would simply be an accident. A process implies thought and supervised design. Take something as common as spam. Now, I'm not talking about the kind you get in your emails. I'm talking about the food kind that's a processed meat. Spam, I understand, is a blend of several different ingredients, six all total, I understand. Two different kinds of pork, pork shoulder and ham, salt, water, potato starch, sugar, sodium nitrate. But it did not become spam by accident. It is processed by way of thought, supervision, oversight, and purpose design. And so are we. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. There are many inherent traits of knowledge and wisdom that God has placed inside mankind in his original creation. Things we simply and inherently know to be true, and in some cases, right or wrong. Like what is called the motherly instinct that a mother has to take care of her children. That motherly instinct can be seen all throughout God's creation. I know from years past raising cattle that they are not the smartest of creatures. But they do very much have that motherly instinct. We would breed the female cattle so that they would all have calves around the same time of the year. In the mornings, the mother calves or cows would gather and go off and graze but they would leave behind four or five mother cows to guard the calves. They would gather the calves together in the one place, and the four or five mother cows would stay behind and look after the calves while the rest of the herd was gone grazing. You see, the problem is when mankind fell into sin, some of those inherent traits became darkened and polluted by sin. In many cases, the knowledge of God's divine creation and the fact of creation is one of those inherent traits of wisdom. I personally sincerely believe that men and women who deny those inherent traits of wisdom and creation do so because they, well, not because they do not have them, but they do so in order to excuse themselves from their responsibility to the Creator. And in many cases, they have been beguiled and convinced by deceitful men and women into not believing the inherent wisdom of God. They have been given an, given an alternative by deceitful and corrupt men and women as an excuse to not believe what is inherent within them. And thus, in their unbelief, they feel free to deny their responsibility to the very God who created them. The revealed truth of of God about us is this. We are a trinity being, a triune 
being. We have a body with a brain. We have a soul with eternal consciousness. And we have a spirit that has the ability to know God and the things of God. The brain, or as the Bible calls it, the mind, is not the seat of our essence. It is not the foundation of who we are. The essence of mankind is not conditioned in our minds. Our existence and comprehension of life does not rest in our minds or our brains. The comprehension of us, and that we exist, and that we are, that rests in our soul and spirit. We are far more than a series of electrical signals that pulsate throughout our brain and sent out to the rest of our bodies. The brain is our storehouse of knowledge. It is a part, part of man that disseminates knowledge to our soul and our spirit, but it does not truly evaluate or make right conclusions and determinations from that knowledge. That is the job of our soul and our spirit. The wisdom of God, as has been revealed in the Bible, is God's eternal truth about mankind. It is the revealed truth about God and who the one true and living God is. It is the revealed truth concerning eternity and life out in eternity. And it is God's book concerning us and living our lives while we are here in these bodies of flesh. There's a great treasure trove of sound, practical wisdom and knowledge concerning life and living life for our everyday lives contained in God's book. There are many elements to the false wisdom of the world, but they all revolve around a false narrative concerning God and the truth and revealed wisdom of God, which he has revealed to mankind. Inside the wisdom of the world, there are a great many philosophies, various forms of religion and religious doctrine, systems of worship to vainly imagined gods and humanistic beliefs, doctrines, ideologies, creeds, dogmas, and systems of thought. But they all share one common element. They are all steeped in a false narrative concerning God and His truth. God said, as we read earlier, they will all come to N-O-U-G-H-T, not. That word means something that will end in nothing. It will end in failure. It will end in destruction. Something that will cease with no lasting or beneficial result. There is no good result that would come from that will come from the wisdom of the world. First Corinthians one twenty one says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. He said in verse Chapter 3, verse 19, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Humanism in its many forms has prevailed as the primary philosophy of many in the United States of America. It claims to be void of religion and it claims mankind does not need religion to survive and prosper in this life. But in truth, humanism in and of itself is a religion. It is a religion that, although it does not worship the one true and living God, it does have a deity of worship. 
Humanism is basically the worship of mankind. Humanism has replaced the one true and living God as God and put mankind himself, herself, upon the throne of God. Humanism in and of itself is a form of religion. There have been, through time, thousands of vain, foolish, and damnable systems of thought and philosophical ideas that concern pretty much every facet of man's existence. Vain imaginations concerning life, the origin of life, the purpose of life, the practice of life and living. Gods and gods piled upon other gods. Mystical and contrived fantasies of afterlife and even ghostly tales of the here and now. Men have contrived various notions of religious worship, ranging from the demonic to the absurd worship of rocks and trees and the moon and the stars. Man, mankind, has worshipped almost every kind of animal in creation, from bulls and goats to cats and dogs and elephants. They have conjured up religious systems where beings were worshipped that were supposed to be part man and part animal. Mankind left to his own imagination has the ability and his own wisdom to conjure up all manner of foolish ideas and pass them off to others as truth. It is truly amazing to learn how many different and varied philosophical systems of belief and thought there truly are in this present world. But none of them come from or matches up with the truth of the word of God. When Paul speaks concerning the wisdom of man and the wisdom of the world, he is speaking of those systems of thought, systems devised by mankind that do not have any basis or foundation in the truth of God. That is, wisdom that does not relate to the truth of God. Romans 1.18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. A person can look out at creation and come to the honest conclusion that all of this is not a mere accident and there must be a supreme creator who created all that we know to exist. In other words, we can, through creation itself, know there is a God. But that is all we can know. We cannot know by creation alone who that God is, who did the creating. The only way we can know him is by way of his revelation to us. We could never know the one true and living God unless he has revealed himself to us. And he has done just that through his 66 books of the Bible. That verse at the end of it says, and so that they are without excuse. We are without excuse, not only by the inherent and through the inherent wisdom of God as the creator, but also from the fact that he has given us a detailed revelation in his Bible. The book of God is here. It has been preserved. 
and it is available for men and women to know and understand. If a person goes on in their lives and ignores and shuns the truth of the Word of God, they too are without excuse. Everyone, whether they consciously realize it or not, they live by some basic philosophy or combination of philosophies of life. That is certain content of what they suppose to be true or truth that guides their decisions and choices in life. It is the belief and philosophies of men and women that most often dictate their actions and reactions to life. Men and women's basic philosophies of life dictate how they live their lives and respond to others in life. What we believe is truth or to be true will dictate how a person lives and how a person responds to life around them. For instance, if one has accepted the atheistic philosophy that there is no God to whom we are personally responsible, then they would assume themselves to be able to live their lives any way they personally decide or desire. And if that were true, if there were no God, I would agree with them. If there is no God and if the Bible is not the inspired word of God and God's authority upon this earth, if we all are just leftover remnants of stardust and our presence on this earth is just a freak accident, then we would be free to fulfill any lust we could imagine. We would be free to live our lives any way we want and desire. We would be free to do and act any way we please. There would be no moral law of God we must observe. There would be no true standards of righteousness, and there would be no such thing as sin. There would be no such thing as righteousness or unrighteousness. All there would be is birth, life, living life, any way we choose, and then we would die and return to dust, and that would be the end of us. But my friend, there is a God. And this Bible is the inspired word and authority of God. And every soul born into this life is directly and eternally responsible to the God who created all that is in existence. The God who created has commanded all men everywhere to repent of their sin and turn to Jesus Christ for eternal salvation. It is eternally critical that we gain our philosophies for life and living life from the right source and not from the vain imaginations of unbelieving men and women. My friend, if someone has told you there is no God and your only responsibility in this life is to yourself, they told you a lie. Maybe they sincerely believe that lie themselves, but it is a lie Nonetheless, men and women can very much be sincerely wrong. The wisdom of God begins like this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. Because we are direct and special creations of God, we are divinely and eternally responsible to him. The Lord Jesus Christ said, 
the very first duty of all men and women everywhere is to Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. When Jesus said that, he did not make it optional. Revelation 4.11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. Hebrews 1.1 says, God who at sundry times and divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he made by himself, purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Philippians 2.5 says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Psalms 110.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. As I said earlier, Men and women, in reality, only have one of two major decisions to make in life. Will we accept and follow the wisdom of God, or will we accept and pattern ourselves after the wisdom of the world? And we will consciously or unconsciously make one of those two decisions. We will decide to order our lives by the ludicrous wisdom of the world, of mankind, Or we will decide to accept the wisdom of God. Which will it be? Our God and our divine creator has given us all free will. And he has given us the right of choice. We are free to choose. But as is in any choice in life that we make, there are consequences and often severe consequences to any choice we make. Paul told some people in 2 Corinthians, I seek not yours, but you. That is the divine purpose of God in this age of grace. He is not seeking what is ours. He does not need our money. He does not need our talent. He does not need any of our measly abilities, our sacrifices, our penance, or really 
anything we have to offer him. He is merely seeking us. Everything he is doing in this current age of grace is designed to bring us back to him. His will is this, for men and women to place their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive his forgiveness and redemption. If you have not done so, or or if you're not sure of your eternal existence and where you'll spend eternity, then listen to our podcast concerning eternal life or what does it mean to have eternal life. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God be with you all.